Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Let's start it. Yeah. Yeah. Not even this is Coffee oh. with the Sarlows. And show notes. <laughs> Forgot about those. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> never mind. So let's do it the regular way. We've got our evening with medium events coming up on April 24th, August 28th, and December 4th. Tickets are going like crazy for April. I can't even guarantee that by the time this airs that there will be tickets, um, but you can head over to the website by sarlow.com to see what's left. And there will be tickets for August and December. Yes. Okay. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Um, those are 10-minute shows. There are five. We try to give you tools in each of those shows for spiritual and emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So we help you build your toolkit. Um, the very first show is always free every month, and it's available at the website by sarlo.com. The remaining four shows in that series are on another website called patreon.com. And if you put a backslash by Sarlo, then you have access to all of the stuff under Patreon and you can pick a tier and one, well, several of those tiers will have the Sips of Sanity podcasts in them. As well as many other benefits. And if you are interested too, you can listen to the first episode at patreon.com and just sort of explore the platform to see if it's uh, a good fit for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Good. And then we've got, as usual, um, our gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase and experience those from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, or Zoom. And I now am using WhatsApp. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not that advanced yet. Well, it comes because clients request. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to keep broadening everything and all of the services and the ways that we connect with people mm-hmm. um, as much as I can. I don't know if this is never ending and there'll be 20 or 30 of them at some point. Yeah. I don't know, um, but I'm, I'm trying to do that. Cool. Good for you. Okay. Okay. All right. So today's story, Kelly, um, I, you know, I've been trying to put the stories under different categories to help people decide, oh, geez, am I going to listen to this? Or, you know, what does she think it is? Or I don't know how to call this, but I would say it's more psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a person, it's a young man. His name is Edwin. And he, this is done by Zoom. So as far as I remember, I do believe he's somewhere in Europe, but I can't recall specifically. So I'm just going to say Europe. And he asked at the very beginning of a half-hour session for um, connection with his dad. And his dad's spirit came in and said, I'm alive. And so I confirmed that with him, and he said, that's correct. And I said, what would, what would you like then if your dad is alive? I said, he says he does have a relationship with you. And he goes, that's correct, he does. And um, he says, I just would like to know about his childhood and his history. Hmm. And I said, oh, I'd love to do that. If his soul will grant permission, I would love to do this for you. So I want to go through that story today and say what came up. Um, and then some of the reasons that, that the two of us went through at the end of the session with him, and I think this could help people. So his father's name is, um, oh, I'll have to make it up. Just give me one second. Roger. Roger? Okay, thank you. So his dad's name is Roger. So um, Roger's spirit came forward and consented, and um, away we went. The very first thing he said to me is that in his childhood, um, that he had uh, what now would be termed as ADHD. And 
but back several decades ago, I believe his dad's like in his 60s now, um, they didn't have the term ADHD, or maybe I will say maybe they did, but it wasn't it wasn't well known in enough places for him to be understood and helped. So he was seen as a problem. And he has several brothers and sisters, so he's also a problem in his family because mm-hmm. they really don't know what to do with the behavior. And his parents are very strict Catholics, so they think it's bad behavior. So he goes through a lot of time in the home where he's punished instead of understood. The school system as well doesn't understand. And he's seen as a child with learning problems, but they think he's slow. Mm. So he's actually referred to as a slow student. And um, I don't remember like what the what the guide said about the terms, but it wasn't things like developmentally delayed. It wasn't stuff like that. It was um, he's a slow learner, and so he gets I don't want to say labeled, but he's not treated well. And and I would say that I don't want to really compare it to today because I'm not a teacher mm-hmm. or a parent of a young person. So I want to stay away from that and just really stick to the story of what his dad went through. So if if a younger listener is listening to this today, you're going to have to have some patience. Yeah, because it's outdated. Yes, it is very outdated. Um, so anyway, so um, Roger really struggles. He he struggles with his, his own brothers and sisters because his anger belts, because no one's really even tuning into how he thinks. Hmm. And yet he has a really wonderful brain for mechanical things. He can pull things apart and put things together, but he can't really explain how he does it all the time, but he just knows how to do it. And he can do a lot of that just on his own, but that's not really seen as something good. That's just seen as you just sort of do that on the side. That's not really a skill for school. Mm-hmm. So he gets put in the tech program, and that's what it, I think that's what our industrial arts. I don't remember all the words, but his, his spirit comes through and says, "I was in tech." <laughs> and the the his son is just sitting there listening to all of this, and sometimes he like he will nod his head, and sometimes you can see he just doesn't know, like he'll he'll just doodle it down on a piece of paper in dad in tech program. And um, and that will come to play later in, in our conversation. But um, so he he finds out that his dad ends up becoming a very angry young boy, and that he never feels included, even even if they are all just going out tobogganing, he just still feels not included because he feels so not understood, so not just gelling with his parents. Mm-hmm. And of course, that just snowballs then into that if they just don't feel they're connecting to him and something goes wrong, he's the one that they blame. So he's got all these brothers and sisters and there's horseplay going around or on. If somebody gets hurt, it's like it's his fault. They don't say to all of the kids what happened. It, it, it it's defaulted to him, so he's he's punished as well. Now, having said that, his his soul did say too that his siblings were unfairly punished as well <laughs> for things, mm-hmm. but he didn't always see it that way. He saw his own. 
So he runs away. Hmm. He runs away very young in life. Like I, I, and, and for me, young would be like before you're supposed to go to university or college. He's, I think he's like at the beginning of high school and he leaves home um, because he says that he's sick of the non-thinkers mm-hmm. and he doesn't understand. And he really, he really tries to challenge his parents and say, don't just do what a religion tells you, just think. But they, they think, oh my God, how ignorant. And so he's, he's punished again. Oh, the irony. Yeah, so he gets punished if he challenges anything, if he thinks freely, mm. or I'll say intuitively, or even if he thinks with common sense. Be- and I don't mean this to be rude to all religions, but some religions just don't have common sense. And some people just don't have common sense. I just read something on Instagram, and it's like, cataracts are the third leading cause of blindness. Um, politics and religion remain one and two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And, and I think in certain situations, it's true. Yeah. I, but I, I certainly don't think it it's is not for, for everybody yeah. or for all religions or even for all people. Mm-hmm. But he says that he was sick of the blindness to truth. Mm-hmm. Well, then he doesn't have anywhere to belong. Yeah, and even if he tries to point a truth out, like a sibling, you know, can't do that, mom. She she disciplines the child, and then she turns around and disciplines him on top of it. Mm-hmm. So he's frustrated that he can't even stand up for any of his siblings, he, he, and, or that his parents will even allow that, mm-hmm. or even allow an explanation. It's it's a very shut down mm-hmm. and. I guess, you know, if a therapist is listening to this, they would say there's a lot of dysfunction here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not a therapist, but I, but I would agree. <laughs> I'm going to word that that way. <laughs> I can agree with this. So he starts to drink. He, he begins drinking at a young age. And he's, so he's also hanging around people now that are okay with that. Mm-hmm. And they smoke. And, and I think... When people hear the age of that he's in his mid to late 60s, I think there's going to be some people in our audience that are going to really identify. So he starts drinking and smoking as ways to cope. But there are also ways to feel like an adult. Mm-hmm. There are ways, you know, back many decades to, to, to think it or to feel it. Well, I think there's a sense of belongingness in those two things as well. Yes. Because, you know, you can become a regular somewhere and yeah. that feels good or can. And and I know like many work environments, if people are all going out to smoke, there's a belongingness of that yeah. group. Yeah. Right? And, and you're and, sharing, like you said, you're, like, yeah. you're sharing something in common mm-hmm. then. And so finally he has these feelings, as you're pointing out, of belonging to something. And so he does go through a period of time of also doing harder I'll say a harder drug Mm -hmm. because, oh, I don't know if everybody would consider alcohol a drug maybe, Mm -hmm. or if they consider nicotine a drug too. But so anyway, so he, he does some drugs as well and he does get a job and he does support himself and he does have this child and life does unfold for him, but he always feels like he's the outsider in the family, even to the point now that he has set up boundaries that he can't get past. So if anybody tries to reach out to him in the family, he has his walls up. Mm-hmm. 
So if siblings do, or nieces and nephews do, or even his own children do, he has a very hard time accepting anything, any offerings of not just reconciliation, Kelly, but just of just friendship. What, what do you... I've never heard reconciliation pronounced with an I at the beginning before. Do, what did I say? <laughs> reconciliation. Oh, <sorry>. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm glad you... That's cute. People are like, that's new. Yeah. That's not a word. <laughs> Is that European? <laughs> it's not a word. Reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't even get past just even an offering of, of a person to try to see him again. Yeah. Well, there's so much fear. There's risk in that. Yes. And so his son really doesn't understand when he hears that these different aunts and uncles or a niece or a nephew, one of his cousins, is trying to reach out to his dad, that everything is just meant with a real F-U attitude Mm -hmm. and a real, um, I'm not letting that asshole in. And like just a lot of anger and um, stubbornness where as far as I can see, the contract between him and his siblings is actually for growth past what the church, the family, the society, and the school system had given them back then in, the, in, in that time frame, because his siblings are like in their 50s and 60s, I think early 70s. So as they're trying to come to terms in their own ways with the way that they were raised in all these different ways, that as they're trying, to, as they're seeing their own faults in it or their own maybe trying just to connect to someone else that might understand it or give him, their, or pardon me, Kelly, they're looking for his insight sometimes. Mm. He doesn't even understand that they may be looking for his insight. That they've grown up. Yeah. So he still sees it like time is frozen, I'll say, as to the day he chooses to leave. Mm-hmm. He ends up going to different churches. So I'm explaining this to his son, and I said, well, I said, as much as he hated the church that he was raised in, he actually tries to go back to the same religion. He tries Catholicism again and decides, yeah, wasn't it's not any different. It's not any better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing's changed here. So he tries a variety. Nothing's changed here. That's what he says. Yeah. And, and, and some of these very comments his son writes down, and nothing has changed here. And... I get these affirmations at the end of the session that his dad's actually used specific phrases mm-hmm. like, well, nothing's changed here. <laughs> and note the church they go. And how funny some of these statements would end up being in their life as they go into different situations. So his dad does try different religions and he finds one and he calls it the singing group because they just sing a lot. <laughs> it is a group of people that do get together in a church-like building and apparently they just have a lot of singing. There isn't a lot of talking. And he said that this church is where people just stand up. It's almost, he says, like, he calls it group therapy because it is led by one person, but that person changes each time you go. Hmm. And it's not to control other people. It's just to say, here's the format for today, which is always the same. So they think it's funny. That one person runs the group, mm-hmm. but they kind of call time, <laughs> and, which is, I think, That's adorable. Cool, yeah, because everyone gets to be an equal. Yeah. And then when it's not your turn, you can see the value, the patience. 
Because you know what's involved in leading. Yes. And so he ends up liking this one the most. Mm -hmm. And so he ends up, his dad stays in this religion or group. I don't even know what you want to call this because what they do is they share and they listen. And they don't try to run therapy. They don't actually try to fix things for each other. They're there to actually listen and love each other. And it's there for support. So if someone comes in and says what's going on in their life, they support them. And as far as I understand it, that goes pretty deep. Mm. So um, his son is able to actually confirm all of these things at the end of the session. He doesn't as we're going along, by the way. I just tell the story. And he listens and he writes his notes. And I said, so I said, your dad comes from being shut down like almost like right off the bat around four years old when he goes into kindergarten and where he's judged right away that he's a lot to handle. And instead of understanding that if you just give him toys to build, he's okay. If you find the ways where he can use his energy, he can actually get a lot of shit done. And so I said, is that actually really true that your dad gets a lot of shit done? And he goes, he certainly does. He's responsible for many buildings and he gets shit done mm -hmm. in all of them. It is all his responsibility and he's, he's manager of other staff. So he's actually very compassionate when somebody has the same type of energy as him. He thinks, oh, I'll take him under my wing and I'll, or her and I'll show them how you use your energy when you've got a lot of it. Isn't that lovely? Mm -hmm. And I'll show you that you are smart. Uh, I'll I'll figure out what the value. Yeah, I'll see what it is that you're interested in or what you do well, and we'll give that to you so you thrive. But then once we know you're thriving, and that you're you're shining over there, and you're you're being encouraged, let's give you a few things you don't know how to do, and then once you do that and do it well, it, we're going to keep adding to your list. Mm -hmm. So he finds just an absolutely beautiful way to actually manage people and to actually bring out the best in everybody, which I think is really cool and directly related to all of his earlier frustrations. He really did such an amazing job. So his son kind of looks up at me and it's like, this is so my dad. And I said, are you okay? And he goes, I just haven't seen him this way. And I went, oh. I said, well, he tells me he's a workaholic. And he goes, yeah, I just saw my dad as an addict. Mm -hmm. He says, I just judged my dad a lot. And I just felt really angry that he wasn't here because he would drink. He wasn't here. Or when he was, he was outside smoking. Or when he was, around, you know, he was at work. Well, kudos to Edwin then to be able to listen and take another perspective because some people, as we know, come in with so much anger about their own perspective that if you said he got things done, he'd be like, nope, nope, he's an addict. He's yeah. gone lots, but he's an addict right. and couldn't see what he was able to achieve at work, couldn't see that he was productive. I, I think you're absolutely right. He gets a lot of credit for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that his dad, Roger's guides, get a lot of credit for the way that they planned the session and how they chose to tell the story so that he could hear it. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's not where I'm saying good for me for doing it. I don't mean that. I truly mean... I didn't either. Yeah, but I think guides, people could hear it that way. Oh. But, uh, but you and I don't because... I don't think we've ever told the stories those ways. Me neither. 
but I just want to point out that way mm-hmm. because it really is that we have to be that good in our, with our own skills, Kelly, to hear it properly and make sure we don't get in the way. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I think one of the best things you and I do with our gifts is not get in the way. Mm-hmm. It is not put our own ego there um, to make ourselves look good. Mm-hmm. It is important that the guides just do their job and that hopefully somehow that's going to work between them yep. and whoever it is that is our client. Mm-hmm. So um, Roger explains all of this. He just tells me all of these things and he says how hardworking is, but that his whole belief about being so hardworking is that all these extra hours means extra pay and his son doesn't know that. He thinks he's on a flat salary. And he says, well, no, I ended up like I could have time and a half for all of these extra hours. That's how I put him through school. Mm. That's how come I was able to give him a wedding. That's how come it wasn't my flat salary. And honest to God, Kelly, when I saw Edwin's face, I wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, what? There was a moment there of like his whole world just crumbled because it was a moment of, oh my God. <laughs> He loves me unbelievably, and I've just been angry. Mm-hmm. He didn't understand that. And his dad never said, well, hey, how do you think I pay for this? Mm-hmm. His dad it. just did it. He didn't want Edwin to think, I work extra hours so that you can have this. He didn't want to shame him. Mm-hmm. He didn't want him to think, well, you better stay in that marriage. I paid for the wedding. Oh, You better stay in that job. I paid for that education. You better not sell that house. I helped you with that mortgage. Like he never wanted him to feel shame in any of his life choices Mm -hmm. because he had grown up being shamed by the teachers. He was shamed by the church. He was shamed by the confessional. And that list also included that he was, he felt that way by the way that his parents treated him. Yeah. And how they spoke about him to their friends or to his siblings in front of him. So he he wanted for his son to have a different type of life. And even in spite of these other addictions, he didn't focus on, I need to overcome my addiction of drinking or smoking. I don't have the energy for that. He could still do a good job. Yes. I, I got to get to the job, do the job, make sure my son gets these things. I'm doing the best that I can living this life. I'm picking and choosing where I can put my energy. I don't have enough to do all of that, and deal with my own shit. And Edwin and I are just looking at each other over Zoom, face to face, and you can just see in that moment so many emotions. So Roger says to me, Karen, my life has been based on rejection. And he says in not good ways that I block things, but then in other good ways where I understand how other people could feel rejected and I work at making sure they don't. Um, And particularly in work environments and where I try to give my son all of the opportunities that he wants so that he doesn't feel rejection. And I thought, okay. And he says, so it also comes down to the fact that I have low emotional intelligence and I didn't put my effort into increasing that in my life to get different tools to deal with the rejection and to deal with the way that I think. 
Interesting, eh? Or, or the way that you're physically there or present for your son. Yeah. He, he may, and sounds like he feels like he's doing a great job in providing. Yeah. Not realizing that his son feels rejected because he's not physically there. Yes. And not, not understanding that, as you're saying, he's making his son feel some of the very things that he was trying hard not to inflict on him. Mm-hmm that he also experienced from his parents. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, too, that there's a certain level of anxiety that if he is physically present for his son, he risks being rejected by him as well. Right. And if he's just not around, then maybe there's less of a chance. Yes. Yes. So you've brought up the next point, which is fantastic, because it fits right into it. And his son sat there and went, okay, okay, so what do we do now with this? So this is about 20 minutes into the half-hour session. And the session moved in a different direction at that point. He goes, I think I've got enough for me to swallow today. And at that point, we moved into, um, he said, what do I do with this? And I said, well, what would you like to do first? I said, because the first thing I'm getting is that you have considered therapy in the past. You've gone and stopped And then you've asked your dad to go with you, and he wouldn't go, so you didn't go. And he goes, well, are you suggesting therapy? And I said, well, do you feel that with all of this information today that you could go and that you would have things solidly to work on? Now you would know what to say to the therapist when they say, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, I like that. I said, have you recorded the session? I did. I said, then why don't you bring it to therapy? Why don't you ask the therapist if they would be open to hearing it and being able to work with you through this? So that was, that was one of the things that he, he said, at least in that phone call, that he would be willing to go back to therapy and do that. Cool. He asked what else was going on in the session. And I said, well, I said, from what I understand, again, from the guides, is that your empathy is changing for your dad. Is that true? And he goes, oh, big time. And I said, okay. I said, then maybe maybe that's something to work on in therapy as well, is that you're growing empathy. And he goes, what did you say earlier about my dad's emotional intelligence? I've never heard of that. What does that mean? What does that mean? And I said, okay. So we went through a little bit of what emotional intelligence is and what it looks like. And he asked for resources. So I just said, um, go on the website and check some of them out and ask in therapy as well. So he's got that. And I said, well, I said, as far as I can also see, you actually are looking to connect to your dad. Edwin and I talked about what a new connection could look like for the two of them. And the fact that Roger was open to it and that um, Edwin is. And we talked a little bit more about approach and that maybe both of them could be open to a different way of approaching each other. And now that he, he knew and that he understood some of these things or he was willing to try to understand these things, um, that their approach could be different towards each other. They both have the same goal. And that goal was to actually know each other and love each other. And, and I think that was, that was um, evident from the beginning of the call in Edwin's purpose. Mm-hmm. To say, how do, I, how do I try to find some way to connect to my dad? 
And the first step was to try and gain more information. And he said he had tried to reach out to some of his aunts and uncles to ask how his dad had been raised and to try and fill in some of the gaps. And they had declined to offer information for fear of creating a bigger gap. Hmm. And that um, many of them said, you know, you start by asking your dad. But he was hitting a brick wall with that. And that's why he reached out. Smart. And I, th- I think it's just a lovely, a lovely way that you and I use our gifts to help people. Because that, that's our purpose, is, is to connecting to the spirit so that the humans find better connections of love. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Well, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. What a wonderful half hour, eh? Half an hour. Wow. That's productive. Yeah. And, and I hope that he takes from that and goes, I'll say to his dad, and maybe back to those aunts and uncles now with a different approach again, mm-hmm. um, maybe with a different way of saying, hey, I've done some research. I have discovered some things. I'm, I've already learned some of this. And um, starting again. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd put Edwin maybe in his like mid-30s. And I just think it could be a wonderful... Wonderful relationships ahead of him. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. All done. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Um Again, thank you to everyone who's listening on Patreon. Thank you for your financial support, um, your interest, and your emotional support above anything else. Um, and if you are listening just by audio today, thank you. We, we just appreciate that you're here. We appreciate that you share this with people. Um, things are changing in our in terms of our format and the way we put things out to the public uh, come February. So you can stay tuned on Facebook and Instagram for that information. Um, but please reach out if you have feedback or questions for us. We love, love interacting with all of you.